Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Behind the Bench with Neil Francis. We had a little bit of an audio problem and missed the intro to this episode, so it's left to me to explain exactly what it is that's going on here. So, this is the line that never was. In the Elite League era, we pick a complete line of players we would have loved to have had in a devil shirt. So by the end of this two-parter, we'll have our goalie, two defensemen, and three forwards. We have to nominate who we would like to put forward, and then the three of us argue it out. So we each picked two goalies, we each picked two defensemen, and we each picked three forwards. And between the three of us, we finally got to a consensus of our complete all-star team. Now, across this two-parter, it's not without a bit of incident. <laughs> very passionate about our picks, and it made for a very enjoyable discussion. But we're going to pick up this episode with a little bit of housekeeping from Gone Too Soon. And we're going to go straight into Franny with an extra story about Matt Elitch. So enjoy that. And then part one, we'll cover the goalies and the defensemen. Enjoy, everyone. Um, yeah, so before we so before we get on to the, maybe the line that never was, um, I was reminded by a avid listener, a certain Phil Hill of Cardiff Devils fame, who is a, a friend of the show and, and listens all the time on his, on his commute to work, um, reminded me of a, a story I think I should share um, about Matt Elitch. So we spoke about Matt Elitch last week. <laughs> were, were you there for that? I, I, I missed that one. You missed that bit. Okay. I missed that bit. Spoke about Matt Elitch and you know how he had all the tools, but there just something wasn't quite right or something was missing. Um, and so the story goes, uh, I think there'd been a team night out the night before practice and Elitch doesn't show up for practice. So you can imagine Jared Adams <laughs> is not going to take that lightly. So Elitch has missed the whole practice um, and wanders in. I, I Maybe G sent for him or whatever, but... He ends up coming in for after practice. So G's pretty mad, as you can imagine, calls a team meeting. So he's got all the guys around there now. You know, Elitch is, is present at this point. And he turns around to Matt Elitch and he said, Matt Elitch, you have played in the best leagues in the world. What would you do if somebody didn't turn up to practice? And Matt Elitch, deadpan, straight face, turns around to G and just said, I'd probably just accept it and get on with things. <laughs> <laughs> At which point you went, meeting's over, and stormed out. <laughs> so maybe maybe you can understand a bit yeah. more now about why Matt Elitch didn't, didn't make the second second year as a Cardiff Devil. Yeah. So thank yeah. you to Phil Hill for that. Thank you to Phil. I mean, you've got to admire his honesty in a way, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we allowed to say, did, did, did you tell me the story once of before he'd even played, you, we had a doubleheader in Newcastle and he, he, he was kind of out on the town and enjoyed himself before he'd even set, <laughs> I, set, set a skate on the ice of a, as a Devils player? Yeah. He, um, oh, God. Yeah. We, it was Doug McIver's birthday. Yeah. Um, we somehow ended up in Newcastle for a week, so it became Doug McIver's birthday week. <laughs> Uh, so we, I think we played them three times within a few days yeah. and uh, went out and probably had a couple too many beers uh, than we should have. Um, and Jayla Tulip is rooming with, with uh, Matt Elitch. Matt has disappeared from the team night out and gone off somewhere else. And 
He's come back into the room. He's barricaded the door. <laughs> he's pretty much hiding under the covers. Jay doesn't know what's going on. And next thing, the police are banging at the door. Uh, and, he, he, and he's shouting at him, uh, you got nothing on me. You can't do anything. <laughs> so I, I think it had been that he had taken a bottle of something from a bar and then the police have obviously been called by yeah. the bar and they followed him to trace him to the hotel. But... Jailer Tulip just about to settle down for a night out. He's got Elish barricading himself in the hotel room. So, yeah. I think that was possibly... Yeah, that was before he'd ever played a yeah. home game. I think we might have even picked him up on the way to the trip. So, yeah, he got off to a good start and he got off to a good end. So And then there was a team meeting and Jared Adams said, Manny, you <laughs> dealt with some of the finest police forces yeah. in the world. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> we just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Well, that's a perfect little bow on that last episode there. So let's get into it. We're going to pick goalies first, a goalie each. Um, they may be duplicated, and then we'll have our, our starting netminder. Um, but if not, we're going to have to have a bit of a discussion as to who we want to take the nod. So we'll start with... Um, Please, God, start with Frank. <laughs> I'm struggling on this tonight. <laughs> On the goalie. Barry, we'll start well, with just you. in general. Who's yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> Can we not do Heineken League again? Is there anything you want to talk about? Is it? Nah, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just a little uh, elite league isn't my, um, my forte. All goalies. God, God forbid I didn't, you know, ever commentate on it. Um, <laughs> so okay, we goalie. don't need a buzzer for I, that, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> I think. I mean, obviously, League League's had a number of great goalies. For me, there's only one guy for the job. Jody Lehman. Okay. That's not the name I would have... I, was, I had two in my head, roughly. Le- Lehman was a net, good netminder. I had another Sheffield netminder, possibly from the first year. Was his name Christian Brosnard? Brosnard. Brosnard. That Blaisdell brought in halfway through that year, and I thought he was absolutely superb. That's because you remember longer back than I, I remember longer back than, than... And the other name I would throw in, and I haven't decided which one to put in, these are the only two I can remember, is Trevor Koenig. Koenig, yes. Who I thought when he debuted in Newcastle was excellent, and then maybe was Lehman's replacement in Coventry. Yeah, I think he was, yeah. And, and went on to, to win a... A barrel load of, of trophies there. So and was Koning the netminder when Newcastle won the playoffs? The shocker, yeah, yeah. It was probably the biggest shock of all the players. I think so. It? Yeah. Uh, especially as that I don't think they'd gone to bed the previous night. No. Uh, <laughs> winning the everybody else was because the league used to put you in the what I can't even remember what the hotel in Nottingham's called. It's on the outskirts. Yeah. The gateway. League, the gateway. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I tried to blank it out of my mind. <laughs> but the league used to put you in the gateway hotel, so you'd come up the night before. Um, there'd always be a wedding reception on <laughs> there, so it was pretty much like the elite league and players and staff and everything and wedding reception, yeah. which is yeah, a brilliant combo for when you know, you're, you're looking for your players to get a good night's sleep before. Um, before the uh, biggest showpiece event of the year, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, the beds probably hadn't been changed since it was open, so there's always people moaning about that. Okay. Um, ho- hopefully, the gateway weren't looking to sponsor the podcast <laughs> uh, because I think I've just lost them. Uh, we're still um, waiting for uh, the lights money to come in. Yeah, so, uh, yeah name checking them. Yeah. But I am delighted to say that Gaz and Maddie are having their wedding reception there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, in 
you know, the, the guy is uh, excited and, and everything. And, you know, there's, there's a good atmosphere around the hotel because there's lots of hockey folk about. But obviously you need them to go to bed and that. Um, Newcastle, they just stayed up and you just thought, okay, having a pint, maybe settle the nerves. <laughs> it's their first time in the in the big dance, you know? yeah. Um, and then another pint and it's, it's all their team. It's not just one or two. And, you know, this went on for... Well, longer than I was up anyway. <laughs> and um, yeah, they won through to the semi. I think they repeated the defeat because you can't change winning habits. No, can you? you can't. So they uh, did the same for the, yeah. the Saturday night as well and then ended up winning. And wow. uh, I think Trevor Koning. I, I think uh, he was. He was a massive part. You've seen double, um, but he was, uh, he was, <laughs> but he was he, very, very good. He stopped the thing in the middle, didn't he? He stopped, he stopped <laughs> the thing in the middle. So. Um, yeah, I, I liked the the guy whose name I obviously pronounced wrong, uh, and you corrected me on Christian Christian Bronsard. Bronsard. He played seventeen games for the Sheffield Steelers in the first Elite League year. Yeah. Um, his goals against average was one point three two for a save percentage of point nine four one. Oh, I'm putting him in. That sounds great. <laughs> he was uh, he was pretty uh, dominant. Yeah, but he's got to do it over a season, hasn't he? He's still got to prove himself. In my <laughs> oh, he's only done seventeen games. Well, I'd just, like to see gonna, you do 17 games in golf. <laughs> you're going to fall apart after that. Just to confirm, are you going for Bronsard or are you going for Koenig? Who's, who's, who's your uh, For trophies one, like, and, and just for relevance in this conversation, because I, I didn't even pronounce his name correctly, I'm going to go for uh, <laughs> Trevor Koenig with an honourable mention to Christian Brosnan. <laughs> Christian Bronsard. Bronsard, there we go. He played for the Baton Rouge Kingfish, which, I mean, what a name for a team that is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Trevor Koning then. He was three, three time. Three Are you going Koning? Am no, I getting no, this no, name no, wrong I'm, as well? I'm, Co- Co- no, I'm saying pronunciation. Oh, Trevor Koning. Koning. I say Koning, yeah. Is it not Koning? Yeah. Koning. Koning, Nick Koning, yeah. yeah Gaz, right. you got the. What, what? Oh, I, thought, I thought Randy was saying Koning. I might, okay. said, I might have said Ning, but... Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. what's, what's a, a letter between What's a letter between people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just trying to just undermine your, your choice. So Absolutely. With Jody, that's what he's trying no. to do. Yeah, well, I'm... The stat I'm bringing to the table is he was three-time Elite League All-Star first team. Three, like, and that's three consecutive years. The year before that in the East Coast League, he scored yeah. a goal. He did score a goal. He did. Yeah. John, John knows that fact, and I'm reading that. <laughs> yeah, he well, he yeah. was um, on question of sport, Johnny Laban, wasn't he? We're was talking about Trevor Cohen. Oh, sorry, we just, like, I thought you would. Sorry, we'd come back to Johnny Laban and question of sport in a second. Are you confusing Johnny Laban with David Coleman again? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do look alike. Yeah, as long as not Sue Barker. <laughs> so Koenig was three times. Koenig was Koenig was <laughs> three time Elite League All Star First Team. Playoff champion in 05-06, Elite League champion and Elite League Cup champion, which uh, assumes the Challenge Cup, yeah. and then Elite League champion, Elite League Knockout Cup champion, 2007-2008. Yeah. Pretty good going. It was pretty good going. Yeah. But how does that stack up against your choice, Mr. Jody Lehman? Uh, Mr. Jody Lehman, okay. Um, Mr. Jody Lehman has... It's okay, Freddie. We're not recording here. Feel free to pause at any time. Jamie has won a lot. I mean, he also. <laughs> well, here we go. So, well, three time <laughs> goalie of the year against yeah. someone who's won a lot. It's good to be specific. Okay. He WHL champion, Kelly okay. Cup champion in the East Coast League. Yes. BNL champion, 
He might he might be the goalie with the most wins of trophies in different leagues here. Yeah. Uh, then he moves into obviously the elite league. He is the All Star first team, two thousand and four, two thousand and six, elite league champ. Oh, that was the the Grand Slam. Must have been the Grand Slam. Grand yeah, when Slam, yeah. Ashley so, Tate scored the equal. Yeah. So he's grand. a shoe in them, isn't he? Grand Slam goaltender. Next year he wins the the prestigious Knockout Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the year after that, he's the playoff champion. The year after that, he's the elite league playoff and regular season champion. Um, plays for World Championships, Poulet for GB. But he is he is very, very good. He played in this league, though, for Coventry and Sheffield. You could arguably say were the best two teams in the league. See, but, for Koenig to backstop Newcastle yeah. to a playoff trophy. But off camera, you said, how did Sheffield win so many trophies? <laughs> with the D as a point. That, that was Mr. Hewish over there. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I take that back from you, JD. Gaza, you said, how did, how did Sheffield win so many trophies with, with very average defencemen? Uh, there were a few average defensemen. There were some very good ones, yeah. but there were some what appeared to be on paper and in my memories. And be. what was my answer? Jody Lehman is the Jody reason Lehman that they won the so many That's trophies. That's the reason that they won so many. Um, I will say just a little sidebar, which uh, I might edit out to avoid controversy. That was not a grand slam for the Coventry Blaze because the Belfast Giants won the crossover competition yes. against the BNL teams. A trophy was awarded it and was. it was a separate league. It was. We came second in that as well. <laughs> we uh, did. <laughs> we were lost the hull at home. We lost the hull at home. No, I think you've got to keep that in. <laughs> who, was, who was your choice for netminder? Yes. I was going to put forward Craig Kowalski. Yeah. K-Wall, yeah. Yeah, K-Wall. Someone Six else K-Wall. with a disputed Grand Slam. <laughs> yes. Uh, because the conference title didn't go to Nottingham. It's but not a, it's not a it, Grand Slam. It is in the record books as a Grand Slam on the Elite League website. Um, Do you remember when Kowalski first came in, um, Nottingham fans wanted rid of him, didn't yes. they? Yes. He made some horrendous errors, yeah, I remember. Yeah, he did. I, yeah, I, I'm sure he, there was one against, maybe been against us, came off the backboard and went in, yeah. or, and there was other ones he went out to play it. And I mean, obviously, when he's not playing well, the easy thing to do is look at him and say, oh, he's not in shape, mm-hmm. he's, you know, because he wasn't the most athletic build of a goalie. No. Um, but after he got over that initial kind of wobble, when he first came in and adapted to the league, what a goalie and uh, a huge part of, of Nottingham's success. He won trophies in every single season uh, that he was Nottingham netminder. And the fact that he backstopped Nottingham to a league trophy, yes. I think deserves a lot of kudos because you don't tend to get that consistency in Nottingham, great organisation that they are. So that's a big merit point in his favour. And that was always a, a big sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, around your neck? My, millstone. And that was always a big millstone round, yeah. uh, you know, Nottingham Panthers proverbial. Good neck, choice wasn't of word. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, that you know you've got the pressure that this team had not won the league for fifty six years. No. Uh, and for anyone to backstop the yeah, team, absolutely. I mean, they've always got good spend in Nottingham. They do. But they always underachieved, didn't they? Because they hadn't. Yeah. They, they should be winning it. They, you know, they should have been winning it year in year out. Yes. Um, but uh, they hadn't, and uh, he got them over the line. And I always think that when you win the league, a large, large part of it has got to be a goalie, especially, especially in, in this league where you tend to go with one yeah. with one goalie. Absolutely. You know, look in recent times for us, Ben Bounds has been absolutely stellar for us. Yeah. Um, we've looked at Lehman, I always remember him stealing a 1-0 game up in Edinburgh yeah. uh, when 
Sheffield were absolutely dreadful and they thought you know everyone thought that you know that's it they were they were about to kind yeah. of implode blow it. Yeah. yeah and Lehman just shut the door got them over the line yeah I seem to recall there was some rumour around the time that Derek Olofsky pulled out of his deal in the Elite League era. Mm. He initially signed he and then pulled out because he said he didn't think that he was capable of being a championship goalie anymore. Yeah. And we eventually signed Peter Aubrey. But I seem to recall there was a lot of talk about Lehman yeah, possibly being uh, the guy that Ed Patterson was going to bring in mm. at the time. Any knowledge of that? None whatsoever, but yeah. uh, I could see why Ed would want <laughs> yeah. that. And yeah, I mean, orbs I liked. Yeah, I, I, we talked about orbs before. Um, yeah, orbs I liked, but Jody Lehman just seemed to have that winning mentality. And for everybody that played on the team with him, mm. uh, again, friend of the show, Phil Hill, two mm -hmm. mentions now. Oh. Um, <laughs> he played on a team with him, and he just said, like, his winning mentality. Yeah. He, he was not afraid to call players out when they weren't showing up. No. He wasn't afraid to kind of rally the troops when uh, things weren't going right. And he wasn't afraid to lead from the front either. And those, those Dave Matzo's teams weren't huge scoring teams. So yeah. you, you had to have a guy who would shut the back door. So, yeah, yeah certainly. They, they had a lot of criticism, didn't they, for their style of hockey yeah. being particularly bland and just scraping by results. Yeah. And if you want to scrape by results, you need, you need a top a... goalie. So who's deciding this? Well, I think you just talked yourself into Lehman. No, I'm, I'm just pragmatic. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with everybody. No, I think based on uh, the, the way that discussion went, I, I would probably give my backing to go out and sign yeah. a Jody Lehman in his prime. Just going to point out that question of sport story. He did score a goal in the Elite League um, in the very first Elite League season. Mm. Jody Lehman. Though. Jody Lehman. Um, and it was uh, what happens next? Oh, on really? the question of sport so okay. he picks up the puck behind his own net yeah and then they freeze it and they say what happens next oh okay so Joe Lehman made question of sport they did a similar one I think with Matt Elitch and he was uh, uh, in the, when the clip rolled on he was coming out in handcuffs <laughs> <laughs> no he wasn't because he was barricading yeah. yeah. you've got nothing on me you <laughs> couldn't get him oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast I hope he does <laughs> so we're going Lehman Lehman's in Lehman okay. is yes. our <laughs> oh, yeah. Franny gets uh, gets a nod there. Okay. So now you've got to try and convince us, Franny, of your first defenseman. Ooh, I struggled. I struggled with defenseman, um, but there is a guy that played in the league that we did try and sign the very year after. But he had a very unusual career path. So I think he played a few games AHL. Like he played for like a an NCAA Division Three side. He played in the Central Hockey League, which was, you know, for a long time it was a good recruiting league for the mm -hmm. elite league, but certainly not, you know, close to being the top leagues in North America. Um, he played a couple of AHL games. Then he'd come across, played for the Brayhead Clan, and I thought he was absolutely superb. Um, we tried to sign him the next year, but he went back to North America and ended up having a really good AHL career, which is a just a re really mm -hmm. weird direction, and that's John Landry. Okay. No, I, I, I off air, I couldn't uh, remember him until you brought up his stats, but I do remember him. He's a very good player. So this, we're going to pitch two defensemen, right? So yeah. In in terms of defenseman top trumps, you're going with with Landry in your first hand, do you? Yeah, I I just think that he was a big guy, a really big guy. Yeah. 
um, six foot three yard. Um, he had a bullet of a shot. He could skate really well. He played the body. Um, I remember him hit Scott Matsko with a huge mid ice hit. Yeah. Where when Matsko was cutting through the middle. Um, definitely a power play guy. Anyway, I just brought him up. Six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. Um, really good size. In in Brayhead, he had fifty four games, eighteen goals, thirty eight assists for fifty six points. Oh. Uh, after that, he goes back to the East Coast League, spends half a year in, in the East Coast League, and then he's one, two, three, four, five, six straight AHL years. No, it's good. Just because I don't like Franny winning and he got the last choice, I'm going to play my Kelvin Elfring card. Kelvin, <laughs> there we go. Uh, and you would be, uh, that would be your choice. I, I, love, I love the way that, that, that uh, Belfast team played that year, and I think... They change British ice. There's always something that changes British ice hockey. You could argue the Devils did it back in the 80s and early 90s with kind of checkbook hockey and going professional. And then Sheffield with the arena uh, kind of uh, atmosphere and, and, and different things happen. I thought Belfast changed the landscape of hockey uh, that season when, um, you know, credit to Todd Kelman and also Paul Aidy as, as coach recruited a, a team with at least four, possibly five offensive defenseman who would join the rush and yeah. just saturate the zone and and uh teams couldn't cope with it and and that's probably the most dominant league title success since uh since heineken league days and i thought calvin elfrink was was pivotal to that i i thought he was a smooth puck handler for a, an older guy he still had uh both endurance to play you know 28 30 minutes a game uh and to, to join up into the rush all the time i thought he, he just marshaled the the troops um, I remember commentating on him and seeing him in the big blue tent and we spoke about Andrew Hotham and players like that. When you, and you had that small ice pad and the hustle and bustle of the big blue tent, he was someone who stood out as being able to make time for himself. Um, he had a bomb of a shot and if I'm, I'm right in saying, Alec used to always bring it up that, that um, not that it's particularly debilitating, but I think he, he suffers from diabetes or, or something like that. Yeah, Belfast did a night, didn't they? They uh, did. What's your type, that, that kind of yeah. diabetes awareness, but yeah, he was a diabetic. He was diabetic. Wow. So as a leader, as a player, <clears throat> and as really, I thought, along with Adam Keefe and, and probably Daryl Lloyd, the guy that the, that championship winning side was really um, based upon, and, and just watching all of those defensemen jump into the play, change in the landscape of British hockey led by him I would say Calvin Elfring and that was the year that Belfast won the league by like October yes. or something death wasn't it and they ended up winning by yeah 60 points and then sacked their coach and then sack <laughs> however however what I do know from that team is that yes AD was the coach and he's been successful mm -hmm. and uh, you know in other in other higher leagues but from what I understand um, Calvin Elfring mm -hmm. said defensemen are potentially our, uh, our line <laughs> yes. devils that, that never were um, was actually the orchestrator behind the scenes in terms of dictating the style of play right, okay. organising that team yeah. and influencing you know on ice um, you know he was more than a captain he, he yes. was a captain that was actually kind of straying into a, a player coach mm -hmm. Um, and it was a huge, huge influence in that Belfast yeah. um, mammoth title win. Yeah. So. He finished uh, on the All-Star team. He finished with an Elite League title. He was the Elite League Defenseman of the Year, and he got the most goals by a defenseman. I, again, I just want to point out the, the, the changing of the landscape. I think, I, I don't know if it's directly related, but I always felt when 
the new ownership came in in Cardiff and we went and got an Andrew Hotham. Um, it was to almost, you know, uh, imitation being the, the most sincere form of flattery. I, I think a lot of teams after that season thought, this is the way the hockey's going to be played now. Well, interesting you say that. He was most goals by a defenseman, Alfring, with 12. Okay. And when you consider how many goals Hotham and Fournier in recent yes. seasons have got, I think you're uh, bang right. I think that proves your theory perfectly that teams look to get defensemen yes. on that scoreboard a little bit more, and that was a big weapon. Yeah, and, and that the other thing I think that changed with that Belfast Giants team was the breadth of leagues that the Elite League was recruiting mm-hmm. from. Because back then it was a huge deal, wasn't it, to get somebody out of the DL. So yeah. Elfring had been there for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight years yeah. in the DEL. Last season he was there was captain. He was obviously advancing in years, looking to get some school behind him. Yeah. Went to Belfast on their MBA programme. Um, and I think that year it sort of opened it up then. I think so. Maybe it opened people's eyes in those leagues that... Uh, you know, the standard of the league had raised enough that it wasn't considered too much of a downgrade mm-hmm. from the DEL. Um, and, you know, now you almost, you know, it shows how much the league has come. You don't bat an eyelid when a guy gets recruited from the DEL, <laughs> which is a <laughs> no. fantastic league yeah. and a very well-paid league. Absolutely. But, you know, we've got enough to offer in our league to, to be able to, to get guys out of the, of the DEL. Absolutely. Guys, have you, uh, you thrown anyone else into the mix? Well, or? after the, uh, we've gone, like you, Franny went big gun, so I'm going to play my my top hand. You're going to trump. My... You're going to trump Calvin Alfring. Yes, I think I am. I'm going for Neil Martin. Ah, oh, it's a good shout. Neil yeah. Martin of the Coventry Blaze, who I still don't think they've ever replaced. That is, that is, yeah. But Neil Martin is my pick because I yes. just think it was one of those signings at the time where Coventry really announced themselves as wanting to be yeah. one of the big clubs. It was it was a statement signing. He'd been at London. Yeah, I was going to say he, he'd done Super League with London, hadn't he? And it was a, a real big coup, and he got it. And I thought he was probably a perfect embodiment of a of a Paul Thompson team yeah. uh, at the time, and they were dominant with him, and he was untouchable. They yeah. they had the the dominant core, and and from what I understand. Um, the key driver behind that and where they were way ahead of all the other clubs at the time was the university packages. Mm-hmm. They were the first to get... I think the university deals had been kind of going on a little bit in dribs and drabs, but they had secured um, the, the sponsorship with, whether it's Coventry University mm-hmm. or somebody close by, and they got Neil Martin, I think it was yeah. a school package. Um, I mean, sure, we'll talk about Calder and Carlson mm-hmm. later on, but... Yeah, Neil Martin was an absolute marquee signing. Goes on to play four years for the Coventry Blaze, and mm. you know that that's their their heyday, wasn't it? Winning yeah. all the trophies, the Grand Slam year. Um, I think Neil Martin makes every team better, doesn't he? Definitely, I think he I does. He um, to give it sort of like a, a a football comparison. If you look at someone like Eden Hazard for for Chelsea, he's not a fast player, but because he thinks the game so well, he puts himself ahead of players. And I'd, I'd equate that sort of to Neil Martin. I never thought he was Grease Lightning. He doesn't skate like Gleason Fournier, but he made a lot of time for himself. He was very assured on, on the puck. Um, he was the sort of guy who didn't look like the most physical defenseman, but very rarely did you win a battle against him uh, uh, on the boards in, in his defensive zone. Uh, and most good things started from him. And uh, you know, I agree with you guys. He just seemed to be a very, very calming presence back there similar to, to, to Elfring at, uh, at Belfast so I think you know Neil Martin's a great shout two 
extracurricular stories about Neil Martin. He's very good friends with Michael Bublé. Really? And <laughs> actually appeared on a UK chat show with Bublé. Okay. To do a little bit of hockey well, talk. As, oh, as Neil Martin. As Neil Not Martin. Not back in singing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Challenge Cup Final 0506 mm. he in the first leg kicked Brad Voth right between the legs oh right and a prominent member of the Devils off-high staff yeah was convinced he was going to get a ban was told on the day that he wasn't going to get a ban and then subsequently left and didn't see the famous second leg oh really so I so I've been told so we've gotten the three we've got. So we've got. <laughs> so we've got so Landry, far. Landry, Alfring, Neil Martin. I want to throw in the mix. Ben O'Connor. Quite, yeah. quite often we focus on imports. We which do. Is wrong considering that we're all British. And this <laughs> is the the yeah UK elite ice hockey league. Um, but I want to throw in Ben O'Connor, who, you know, from a steady start, you know mm. he. What I admire about Ben, uh, I've said it before, is that he didn't just take the easy route straight into the elite league. He no. you know, went across as a youngster into the OHL. Mm-hmm. He dotted himself around the world mm. where he thought he could learn. So he went over mm. to France to play for a bit. He played um, a lot of ice time in Edinburgh. He didn't, you know. Yeah, he, he actually asked to leave Coventry midway through a two-year yes. contract on better money mm. to go and sign for the Edinburgh Capitals because he knew he'd get loads of ice time, power yeah. play opportunity, the rest the rest of it so um yeah so he could develop his game took himself off to to kazakhstan yes um where he stayed for a number of years and now speaks russian which always impresses me does he speak yeah. russian he speaks wow. russian very well yeah uh and then you know came back when you know something happened with the team over in russia um and has been a dominant player in, in this league and puts up ridiculous numbers year after year and you know and he wasn't around Salisbury about a year ago, was he? And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Never thought we'd bring that. Um, and like he plays with so much confidence, it's ridiculous. And do you remember that penalty shot? Oh, the World Championships. Yes. The bottle to do that. And apparently, he does it in practice all the time. Yeah. You know, in the shootout, he played Juice Boy at the end of practice. He does it all the time. And he skated past the bench and he said to John and the boys, he goes, I'm going to do it. And they're like, no, you're not. Like, no, 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 I'm deadly serious. And they're like, oh my God, he's serious. Don't, don't do it, don't do it. And he went down there and he pulled that he move, which is just phenomenal. It is phenomenal. To, to do it in such a, a big game and a yeah. big moment and to execute it as well. It wasn't Absolutely. like he did it and hit the crossbar and everyone's like, what the hell was that? It was just perfect, yes. wasn't it? I love those moments because it's such a fine line, isn't it? Yeah. He pulls it off yeah. and you think, what a genius. Yes. But if he doesn't do that, you think, like, what an absolute <laughs> idiot. But it's, it's stupid, isn't it? Because yeah. it's no different from taking a normal shot, really, no. in the sense of... But you, you have know, to admire the fact that he's got confidence in his own ability. And I think that sometimes that makes the, the difference between good players and, and, and great players in any sport. If you back your own ability, and I think that's what really spoke to me when he scored that penalty shot. He, um, you know, he backed himself to, to pull it off in a, in a really big uh leave it all on the line situation and yeah huge admiration and, for and him. didn't even get like mega pumped after it did he, he was just laughing yeah. went straight to the bench laughing at the boys the boys are just like in disbelief that he's not only had the balls to 
pull that move off or the stupidity or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He's actually scored the goal and it was a big goal in the game as well. I remember. It was a winning goal, wasn't it? They, they, winning they, goal. Yeah, I think yeah, it was a winning ridiculous. goal. Ridiculous. Yeah. He uh, played in France as well for a season for uh, Mozine. Yes. After leaving Edinburgh. So well travelled. And he's got a connection to the Heineken League and he's Michael Connor's son, so I, I like him for that reason. Um, John, do you have a second option? Um, I, I do, and it, this person's not going to get in there, but I just, I like the way he played, and I also think when you talk about Nottingham winning league titles, there's not too many people who have, have done that. Um, I, I really like, was it Jordan Fox, who initially signed as a... Um, a forward. He'd been a career forward, hadn't he? He'd been a career forward. And Corey's favourite gamer is yeah. to convert <laughs> a career forward to a defenceman. Absolutely, and I think he was captain of that league title winning team. And I, I know David Ling was superb, and, and we've talked about Kowalski. But I remember Jordan Fox, who I think might have scored the winning goal in the playoff final when they beat Belfast in overtime. I thought he really added something to the the back end. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's probably not going to get into this lineup, but... I always enjoyed the way he played as a forward, but I thought when he moved back to defence as an offensive defenceman, but still solid defensively, I thought he added a lot to the Panthers. And you know, I think if you're a Nottingham fan, any team that, that wins the league title, um, you hold in, in high esteem. He was the captain of that team, and I thought he was very, very effective on that team. Yeah, another trophy-laden player. A couple of playoff trophies, a couple of Challenge Cups as well. Another one who won... Uh, trophies in every season he was in a Panthers shirt yeah, funny enough, he, he, was, he was built pretty much like Kowalski as well wasn't he yeah he was <laughs> he was um, yeah it maybe didn't look like the, the, the greatest athlete in the world but I just seem to remember in that team they had a lot of great players that year but um, as a leader on the back end being converted from a forward to a defenceman still putting up points being solid defensively um, yeah just a huge huge amount of respect for him always enjoyed watching him play yeah, I did not expect that one. To be honest, I can only remember three names. <laughs> <laughs> I have gone down a similar route to you, Franny, with the British player. My second choice is Jonathan Weaver. Okay. Good call. Won trophies Newcastle, yep. Coventry and Nottingham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost, almost, says a lot almost the Bell O'Connor of his day. Almost, uh, yes. I, I, I would definitely put him in that. Yeah. So again, again, another forward that was converted he was. to a defence. By Corey Nielsen? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was at Newcastle, I believe. Yeah, when he, when he was at Durham, he was a forward. And when he went to Manchester in the Super League, he started as a forward. He might have moved back to defence there. He was definitely started as a forward in the Elite League as well when he played for Newcastle. Okay. And they moved up and they gradually he, moved him back. Yeah, he went briefly across, didn't he, to the, to the States, played in yeah. the IHL, I remember, in the States, yeah. which was in between the East Coast and the American yes. Hockey League. It was kind of, you know, it was a grade above the East it Coast, was. but a step below the... Yeah. American League, which is, you know, some going. Because I remember after Newcastle won the playoffs, Coventry yeah. signed into a three-year deal, yeah. I believe, and made a big song and dance about yeah. the fact that they'd gone out. And I think they got Weaver and Koenig. In a, and didn't in a Nielsen season. make a gutsy move then for the, just before that title winning year? They took a veteran, Jonathan Weaver, to, yes. to Nottingham. Yeah. And he I, was a big part of, of that. He, uh, I believe so. I believe so. We'll double-check this. Yeah, no, he, he definitely went from Coventry, where he'd been captain for... Five years or so, and then everyone thought he was done, didn't they? Everyone thought he, he was had, done. He, he had injuries, yeah. didn't he? He had injury problems. Uh, he seemed to be breaking down. And I think Nielsen sort of took him. Yeah. And this is where Corey's strength comes in. He, he realised that situation that you're not going to get 30, 35 minutes out of him no. anymore. So he managed his, his ice time. 
kept him predominantly for the power play and yeah. kept him down the lineup as a regular shift. Um, something that GB continued to do, didn't they? Absolutely. Know, you know, well into his late 30s at least. Is he still playing for Telford? I know he's, he's still did. playing for Telford, yeah. Uh, and he's only got 59 points in 26 games this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he is the currently the second top scoring defenseman in the Elite League era. Wow. I did not realise that, and that's a great shout. I, look, I'm, 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 and I know uh, you mocked me before the start for the fact he's gone through the whole three eras and yeah. has been excellent in all of them. And what he did at Coventry and and Nottingham, I, I, yeah, fully support, uh, fully support Jonathan Weaver. That's a great shout. Before we deliberate on our final choices, I've got a couple of ones that didn't quite make honorable it honorable mentions honorable mentions I do honorable love honorable mentions my two would be number one would be Jan Krychek yes oh, Edinburgh Capitals Edinburgh, Edinburgh Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle Nottingham. Yep. Nottingham and yeah. then one day at Slough Slough <laughs> <Wasn't> <laughs> so left Nottingham one day went to Slough yes, yep. yes. Um, still had lots in the tank um, but for me he was a, a big guy yeah. but a really good skater good really good player, hands right? yeah I uh, really, really like Jan Krejci. He was on that Newcastle playoff winning team, he was. wasn't he? Yeah. He was. <laughs> what a team. What a team that was. <laughs> Paul yeah. Ferone, I think, as well. Uh, yeah. Payette was on there. And... <laughs> and the other honourable mention for me would be Steve Munn. I said Steve thought. Munn earlier and you mocked me. No, I didn't mock you for Steve Munn. Oh, you were just keeping it. It was a poker face. <laughs> yeah. I, think. You were, okay. I didn't mock you for Steve Munn. Yeah, Steve Munn, I mean, he's, he's <laughs> like Sheffield's favourite, isn't he, when they yeah. look back at him. Um the weird thing about Steve Munn is, and I know points aren't everything, mm. but in our league it does tend to be a massive influencer. His point return is actually very, very, very mediocre, isn't it? I, I, I'm sure he went... He'd be more, playing in the Japanese. Did they bring him back from Japan? He'd, he'd come back... Uh, after play, because he came from the AHL to Sheffield. And then he went, so he and then he came back then, again. Yeah. I, I seem to remember he did a spell in Japan. Yeah. yeah. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you, if you look at his numbers, you would not be impressed. I'm sure he went numerous zero goal seasons. but I, I know. Scored a goal in a playoff final when they beat, I think, Nottingham 2-0. I think, I think that was his first goal of the year as well. Really? Yeah, it's all coming Good back time now. to get it. Yeah, yeah. That's when Andrew Sharp tried to stare someone out on the red line before the referees he were on the ice. He sprayed Danny Mayers with ice at centre ice. Yeah. Danny Mayers was down doing his stretches because yeah. I was sat right on the middle line and oh, I had really? gone in early and I seen the whole thing unfold. <laughs> and uh, who knew he could stop? First of all, <laughs> I mean, that was the biggest shock for me in the whole thing. I was still watching, wow, you know, we, we, we had some skating ability. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Danny Mayers was doing, Danny was doing his yeah. stretching. And, uh, I thought it was going to be a slap shot incident. You know, when comes straight in yeah. through the spray on the, on the old stop and then they all came together and Maury Hansen come out looking just, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> I missed a bit. We're not talking about Sharp for, for the play. For the no. No, 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 no. We're just talking about the side it was that yes. final that yeah. Munn scored. So, so Munn, Steve Munn's stat. So he came from two seasons in the American League, which he hadn't scored a goal. Yeah. Six points and two points. But again, I mean, he played in the American League. That's not... No. You know, he's a shutdown D-man. That's not what he's there for. First year in the Elite League, 54 games, five goals, 10 assists for 15 points, 137 pims. And then 50 games the next year, one goal, eight assists. Hmm. Not a high return. No. But he, but that wasn't his game, was it? That wasn't it his was, game. It was to be the organizer, to yes. be solid. Um, and then he came came back. You're right. He went to Japan for a year. Comes back to Sheffield. Forty six games, five goals, sixteen assists. His best return is twenty one points. 
I tend to think this is Franny's respectful way of saying Steve Munn gets nowhere near him. <laughs> he doesn't. No, no. no. Yeah, um, the thing, he's even taken off the honourable mentions he's, list. Yeah, he doesn't even want him on the honourable mention. <laughs> yeah, Any more honourable mentions? or uh... Nick Duff you mentioned earlier, Franny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, honourable mention any honourable mentions a player that I liked and we spoke to a few times and again is not like a um, you know a household name through the elite league was um, David Nicoletti yes do you remember him yes I do yeah again played at Mbrayhead mm-hmm. yeah um, really liked him big strong good friend of Mac Faulkner yeah Falk spoke highly about him um, I know he's a really good guy we reach out for him to references and stuff yeah. like that he's always willing to help out um, we spoke to him one time. I think he would have been really interested in a devil shirt, but I don't put him anywhere near. Certainly, Neil Martin, Ben O'Connor, Elfring, uh, and no. Landry. If that's going to be our four shortlisted to go to two, yeah. Any more honourable mention? Honourable mention. I think uh, the the late Wade Belak made a big uh, impact at uh, 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 Coventry. Yeah. No, nobody speaks about Steve Galacci, do they? Who still holds a number of top Coventry. Points. Yeah, seventy-four points, fifty-five games. Man, we don't even. Wow. No, no. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> we're hoping Fawns. Yeah. Can uh, can wipe that one off. He's got about seven or eight, eight points to go. I suppose the, the elite league's gone through such an evo- evolution, though. It has, the, yeah, the... and I think offensive demon now is more than norm, isn't it? Yeah. In, in the NHL. All the D-men can skate. Yes. The days of the stay-at-home D-man yeah, largely have kind of over. Like drifted out. You've yeah. got to be able to jump up in the play. Everyone needs to be able to contribute offensively, but then you've got to be able to skate well enough yeah. to get back. So, you know, those offensive D-men back then, this is 2003-2004 season, where he put up 74 points. The league's not as strong no, then, is it? it's not. A- anywhere near what it is now. It was, you know, the first year after yeah. the Super League, so it was 10 imports maybe. Yeah, it would have been. Um, but still, hell of a return. Simon's telling me, though, about... And actually, possibly had a third line forward role for part of that season really? as well. Yeah. I think he might have been a forward conversion. I think he might have been a swingman yeah. for, yeah. for them a little bit, yeah. going back okay. and forth. Tell you one guy. Might be wrong on that. Oh, I don't want to One dis- guy that dis- probably dis- deserves an honourable mention is Corey Nielsen. Yeah, yeah actually, great show. Always enjoyed watching Corey play. Uh, and that David Clark, Corey Nielsen connection on the power play was, yeah. was scary for a lot of years. The other honourable mention for me, not that he came over in the greatest shape or maybe the best attitude, but one of the hardest, toughest guys I've seen, and I can't remember it was who who he hit down in the big blue tent, but Chris McAllister uh, from yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. Yes, uh, he was a scary guy. I think he fought Brad Voth and Doug McIver in the same game up in At the same Utah. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris McAllister was a big... One guy way back when um, he played for Basingstoke and Coventry, and I always thought he had more left in the tank when he left the Doug Shuler. Doug Shula, yeah, he vaguely big remember guy. Him. He was a guy who yeah. could skate pretty well. Yeah. Well, you, you had, in the early Elite League years, you had players kind of still left over from, from Super League. We, we, we mentioned Neil Martin, a guy like Steve Carpenter played and, and played some decent mm-hmm. minutes. So uh, it, it's interesting how the Elite League's yeah. kind of... One from that era who I always really liked was um, Thompson in Nottingham, Brian Thompson. Had yeah. A big oh, kind of goatee yeah. beard. Yeah. Quite, quite a big fella, still put up points. Uh, more recently... A uh, player I was a really big fan of, and we did speak to, and it almost happened and didn't quite. Um, Jacob Johnson played yes. in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, played in Edinburgh. I think he just was just retired, as in last yeah. summer. Um, but he he led the charge for Edinburgh. He I did. Remember, he used to get like 
minimum two goals against us a game as a D-man, but yeah. he was actually solid in his own end. Yeah. Um, left Edinburgh after two years. I think he was on a school package Yeah, there. he was captain second year, wasn't he? He stayed yeah. in some tough times. He stayed in, in tough times, yeah. And then he went on to Denmark and then captained his team. And I think they may have won a trophy across there. Yeah. I think he would have been a, a really interesting player for the Devils. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So, we have to come to uh, a decision here. Okay. How do, how do we do that? Are we find it out? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, on, my, on my shorter list, I had Neil Martin and Alfring along with my Landry and O'Connor fix. Yes. So... See, I'm going to be controversial. Out of the British ones you've named, I take, and I think they're both great players, I take Weaver ahead of O'Connor in their primes. Interesting. Um, Love to have them together, but I, I take Weaver over O'Connor. Yeah. T- tell you what, with both of those guys, if you're thinking of a, a devil and they would have had to replace somebody on the roster, yeah. they were always on hefty money. Yeah. So you take one of those and you you know you lose. Yeah. An impact player from somewhere else. No, that's you? that's fair enough. I I want to throw as as possibly even a captain on the team, uh, Chad Elfring. I I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. I, I, what I, I like about Alfring is that he was on that league-winning team yeah. that dominated the league, didn't it? it yeah. There was nobody else in the race. No. Uh, experienced guy who, you know, yeah. was coming to the end of his career, but you know, was a class above. I, I mean, I'd like to have Alfring because, as I said, the phrase I use, Belfast, but specifically him, I thought changed the landscape. They changed the landscape of what a defenseman in this country should look like. And if you're going to change the entire ethos and the entire league, yeah. That's probably a good That's probably a reason <laughs> So Elfring is in. He's the first one locked in. Yeah. He's trying to lame and Yeah, I'm, I'm with, like I say, if you, if you change the ethos of the entire league, yeah. you've uh, left a bit of a legacy. So we've got Lehman as netminder. We've got Elfring as the first defenseman. Yeah. We've got Martin. We've got Landry. We've got O'Connor. We've got Weaver. That's a tough list. I'm going to... I got my guy in, so I'm just going to let you, <laughs> I'm gonna let you two go. You're going 1D4 forwards, aren't you? I'm going 1D4 forwards. I'm Revolutionizing pulling the, the game again. Yeah. I'm pulling the netty as well. Uh, I, so I, I think they're all great players. Neil Martin I, was smooth. He was a Rolls-Royce. O'Connor, and particularly we talked about that penalty shot, loved his mentality, confidence in his own ability. Um, I think Weaver did it at every level and, and was so critical for GB. I think Weaver was a great shout. So I'll leave these. I'm going to argue for Weaver purely because he yeah, was in three elite league teams and he won trophies at all three. Yeah. And I think that. And I like that gutsy move by Nielsen bringing him in as a veteran to win the league in, in Nottingham. It's like but when Liverpool sent Gary McAllister. So like when Liverpool sent <laughs> Gary McAllister. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't even have him on my short list, but you've made. Good. No, 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 no. Good. Be, be, no, no, be no. controversial. Say, say no. <laughs> well, we've got to come up to a consensus. And, I mean, I'm already outvoted two to one, so I may as well. Um, Would you be happy with Weaver on your team? Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're the only ex-pro around this table. That's true. If you laced them up with Jonathan Weaver. Absolutely, yeah. Which I did. Played GB under 20. Well, you would, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he was the quarterback of a very successful power play for Coventry. Everything was fed back to him for his shot, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, scored bucket loads of points like we said you know um, still a second top scorer one in everywhere he went which is a great sign wore a, a captain's jersey yeah. pretty much everywhere he went yeah I'm, I'll take Jonathan Weaver any day of the week so there okay. we go these are our defensive core complete it looks quite balanced too doesn't it that's not quite balanced Weaver jumping up <laughs> Weaver Elfring yeah. got some leaders on that team that was part one 
of the line that never was. So we finally uh, came to an agreement on our defenseman and our goalie. So the next episode, we are going to have our forwards and the forwards, if you can believe it, the discussion gets even more intense. Thank you, as always, for listening to Behind the Bench with Neil Francis. On behalf of Franny and John Donovan, I've been Gareth Hewish. Keep sending in your suggestions for lines that never were to Twitter at BTBFranny. We are there and we are always looking for you to join in and add your two pence worth, as it were. It's what makes this so enjoyable. But we'll be back next week for part two of The Line That Never Was.